The Playful Psychologist podcast is hosted by me, Emily Hanlon, a clinical psychologist who primarily works with children and adolescents. This podcast has been designed to offer support to new psychologists who may feel as though they are drowning in uncertainty. It has also been designed to inform and educate parents and teachers on all things child development. Along with some special guests, I explore different aspects of child development, including developmental disorders and emotional regulation, while also advocating for those who may be falling through the cracks in our current system. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of The Playful Psychologist. Today I have Sabina back here with me. For those of you that were listening to episodes earlier this season, Sabina is a speech therapist that I used to work with. She's awesome. Um, So Sabina, for those of you that, the people that may not have listened, I don't know why they wouldn't have, (laughs) but if they didn't, do you want to give a brief introduction about yourself? Um, hello, my name's Sabina Pine. I'm a pediatric speech pathologist here on the Gold Coast. Um, I work mostly with kids from about zero to 12 and with a range of different difficulties. So speech delay, language delay, kids who are on the spectrum, kids who stutter and kids who have literacy difficulties would probably be the most cool so yes we used to work together yes um and now every time i come to the gold coast i make sabina record podcasts with me which i'm sure she appreciates given that she has two kids under two good times it's lovely Um, so today I wanted to, Sabina to come on and chat to you guys about stuttering because it's actually a question that I've gotten, you know, quite a lot recently, which is surprising. And it's a really interesting topic, but not something that I necessarily know a lot about. So I thought maybe Sabina could answer some of our questions. Would that be okay? Yep, sure. Cool. So let's just get straight into it. Um, why don't we start off with like, what is stuttering and what causes kids to stutter? Yeah. Okay. So stuttering is basically, or some people might call it stammering. It's basically an interruption of speech. So obviously as you're talking it, you start to either repeat words or phrases. Um, and yeah, it, you're, it kind of blocks you from getting out your, your speech fluently, I guess. Mm-hmm. So Sometimes it can be called a disfluency or you might be classified as having disfluent speech. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's basically what it is. It's a speech disorder. That's an interruption of your speech. The tricky thing about stuttering is there are a lot of theories as to why we might stutter, but it's actually really unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's funny. It's one of these. Um, areas that's very heavily researched but we still don't know the actual cause Mm. of stuttering so it's not necessarily purely a mechanical issue then no it's it's like there's theories that kind of think this it has to do with like shortages in the brain when Mm. you're speaking like there's just no hard evidence as to what it is wow that's actually that's really interesting i didn't know that so that's one of the things about it that's um quite yeah interesting and it's funny because it's also something that i find comes with quite a bit of um what do you how would you say it like 
um, superstitions. Oh, okay. As well. So, like, for me in Jamaica, we grew up thinking people stutter if you tickle their foot bottom as a baby. Oh, my God. Really? So, even being a speech therapist and knowing that's definitely not (laughs) why people stutter, I cannot tickle a baby on their foot bottom because oh I'm my like, god oh my god so if someone tickles my baby like that I'm like oh what are you doing <laughs> great now they're gonna stutter for the rest of their lives I just you know it, it's funny it's one of those things that does come with a bit of superstition around it or mm-hmm. can come with a bit of people have all these theories as to why mm. but we just don't, don't know. know um so what we can see is some kids or stuttering usually starts around you know age three Mm -hmm. or even when kids start putting words together they might start stuttering and the other tricky thing about stuttering is when kids start stuttering we don't know who is going to spontaneously recover and who Ah. isn't going to spontaneously recover okay so when some kids don't need therapy then well I guess technically, but you would still put them in therapy because you don't know who is going to spontaneously recover. So there's a couple, you know, risk factors. So let's say your child starts stuttering. If they've been stuttering for like six months, Mm -hmm. um, so like the time of onset and how long it's been happening, was it gradual? Was it, you know, a sudden onset? Mm. All those things play a role into kind of what might be the outcome in terms of whether your child might actually continue to stutter or not stutter. We know that um, I think it's more boys than girls present with stuttering. Mm -hmm. We also know there is a bit of a... um, a family, like a heredity. Like a genetic Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you know, sometimes you might see kids and then you might hear their grandfather stuttered or their dad Mm. stuttered or something like that. Or sometimes they don't have any family history. But usually there are those kind of risk factors that play a a role. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what happens is, yeah, you can start seeing it, you know, as early as, I guess, two, three, whenever kids start putting sentences, words together into phrases and sentences. And it can as I said, either persist or spontaneously recover. Now, what happens was, even when I just started my journey as a speech therapist, if a child started stuttering, we would wait six months to begin treatment. However, that's changed. If a child starts stuttering, you start treatment as soon as possible. You don't wait the six months anymore. Um, That's just because... when you do have a stutter Mm -hmm. it can be exacerbated by anxiety and things like that so it's best to get in and just get it sorted um before it does get exacerbated so then can can stuttering be a hundred percent caused by anxiety or is does anxiety is anxiety a result of the initial stuttering like which comes yes yes so so the the stuttering would be the anxiety mm-hmm. would exacerbate the stuttering so i would have the stutter okay and because i have the stutter okay. i am a little bit nervous to speak or i can get social anxiety because okay. of it and then is that 
could you then like say like some selective mutism and stuff as well? Um, yeah, I would think that would be that would be what happens. Yeah, I don't work heaps with the adult population, yeah. so I don't know a lot about adults who stutter. Okay. I do know that adults who do stutter do tend to or can suffer from social anxiety, okay. which I guess w- would put you in the class of not wanting to speak in okay. certain situations you know things like that in terms of for little kids it depends on if the kids are aware of it or not yeah, as well yeah, right yeah, that's true. so it depends on how people react to it so one of the things that um we try to do is encourage parents not to say anything okay. i think a lot of times people's first reaction to a child who is stuttering is to be like stop what you're saying take a breath yeah, slow down okay, okay. and that's actually the opposite of what we want to do because it's drawing too much attention to it yeah we want the child to get what they need to say out mm-hmm. and then so if it takes a long time you just kind of sit there <laughs> and you wait and you know you, when they're finished you can either maybe rephrase what they've said pretty quickly like you know if they took a long time to say the dog ran outside with my food or i don't know <laughs> did that happen to you today you know once they're finished you could be like oh yeah he ran outside with your food <laughs> but um yeah the idea is to actually not bring any attention to it so you would say that to everybody around because you'll find you know the grandparents are going to be telling you to stop the teachers teachers, this so even for instance my daughter went through a phase where she was stuttering Mm -hmm. so you know i sent out a mass text (laughs) to everyone that's ever spoken to to the whole family (laughs) to be like here's the sitch peps was stuttering today do not bring it up (laughs) do not act differently don't oh make any moves. We, wait. <laughs> no we just wait for her to get out what she's saying and we move on with life okay so um, would you, so then if you're looking at it from an anxiety perspective it's not the stuttering that's causing anxiety it's everyone's reaction to the stuttering yeah. that then results in anxiety that could yeah yes. that could result yes. in anxiety okay. so so, or whether the child is aware of their stutter and yeah. then that makes them feel anxious, anxious. about talking. Yeah. I because, guess it, it's, you know it's I mean? hard as well for like peers, like friends to not be like, why are you talking like that? Why are you talking? Yeah. Funny? So, you know, that would be a time where I guess the kindy teacher, this is why I find it so important for like teachers to know a little bit about everything yes, because absolutely. this is a time where in the classroom we might bring up the importance of waiting for our friends to finish speaking before we start yeah, talking okay. things like that that you don't have to necessarily be like peppa has a stutter when she's talking we have to wait yeah. for her to finish it's just like generalized it's just like generalized good manners yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and it you don't have to pinpoint anybody out. It's yeah. kind of like a good universal de- design of managing something like that. So yeah, it's not. We can't. We can't, We definitely cannot lock it down and say that this child is stuttering because they're anxious. Okay. No. Okay. Um, and so, like I said, we wouldn't bring attention to it. So yeah. even when I meet my parents for the first time, yeah, I'll say to them, "Are they aware of?" of the fact that they're stuttering 
And if they are, like, are their kids aware of the fact that they're stuttering? If they are, I'll say, okay, we won't talk about it while they're in the room. We won't call it a name. Like, it just depends. Like, I don't want them to, to know yeah. okay. that this is what's happening. Sure. And we're making a big spectacle of it. Yeah. So, anyway, for um, for treatment, so the treat, so even though we don't know where stuttering comes from, what causes it, or why it happens... The treatment outcomes are really good. Okay. Which is, I guess, a bit strange. I don't know. I find it strange. That is really, really strange. Yeah. So, like, all, the research on treatment and stuff is really strong. It's really straightforward. It works. Um, and kids have really good outcomes. So, I w- as I said, I work with kids 0 to 12, but I mostly see kids who stutter who are about 3, call it 3, you know, between three and five, I guess. Yeah. So the program that's probably most commonly used for kids at that age for stuttering is called the LIDCOM program, and it's a behavioral program. Also, oh, it's behavioral. So the program is. Oh, this is confusing. Actually, before we get into this, because this sounds confusing, let's just take a quick short break because I want to share an ad with you guys. We're going to take a short break now in this episode to chat about this week's episode sponsor, Baxter Blue. You may have already heard me absolutely rave about these glasses. And for someone who runs their own business on a computer, Baxter Blue glasses are a really important part of my work routine. While I love the flexibility of working from home on my own business, especially now that I'm a mum, it means that I can be on my computer more often than I would like. And while I love technology and I love being able to grow my own business, I do need to make sure that I'm taking care of my eye health. One way to do this is to invest in a pair of non-prescription glasses to filter blue light from our digital devices. Blue light is the harmful light that is emitted from our digital screens and can cause our eyes to strain, feeling fatigue and, you know, getting headaches and that sort of thing. Baxter Blue glasses do bring relief to headaches and sore eyes by filtering out 80% of that harmful blue-violet light. Their blue light glasses also include a premium anti-reflective coating to reduce 99% of glare and to provide better contrast when viewing your digital screens. I particularly notice reduced headaches and eye strain when I use mine, but the best thing is, for me, I notice that it takes me less time to wind down before bed at night because I've been, you know, filtering out all that blue light and my eyes and body haven't been absorbing it. I love wearing my Baxter Blue glasses, especially my new Billy frames, which are part of the new biodegradable range, and I wear them in color Crystal Toffee. They even have a kids range, which I think is really fantastic considering all the online learning that's currently taking place in the world, um, you know, with the pandemic and everything. But the last thing I want to mention about this company, because I think it's really important, is that for every pair of Baxters that are purchased... They donate a pair of reading glasses to someone in need who is without access to proper eye care through their pair for a pair pledge with Restoring Vision. It's really, really inspiring to know that companies out there like Baxter Blue are creating these amazing products, but are also giving back to our community in a big way. Their initiative is actually changing people's lives in a really positive way by enabling them to see properly again. And I just think that's amazing. 
So jump over to Baxter Blue and their Instagram page, which is at Baxter Blue underscore and take advantage of my code playful to save 15% store wide and save your eyes from headaches. I will link all their socials and website details in today's episode notes. All right, we're back. So we were talking about um, therapeutic options for stuttering and you had just told us about the Lidcom program, which is like a kind of behavioral type program. So tell us a little bit about that. So what we do in the Lidcom program is we... So the parents have to be directly involved. Okay. It's it's really for kids kind of up to about age six. There is, I've never used it with a child over age six, but I know that it has had some success, um, yeah, success over the, with kids over age six. Okay. And I know that it has had some success with kids younger than three. So if okay. you're seeing a child, you know, who presents with a pretty hectic stuck up oh with a pretty <laughs> a what <laughs> intense <laughs> severe stutter and they're younger than three then um you know if they understand then you probably could start it with them as well um so what happens is the therapist and the parent work together so the parent has to identify you the parent and the child come in it's two stages the first stage is kind of working with the parent to um learn about stuttering and be able to identify when their child is actually stuttering and isn't stuttering and in doing that what we want to do is actually use these the term smooth talking so what we do is we highlight when the child does smooth talking so it's like positive reinforcement basically okay. so in that regard it's behavioral but yeah. it's not like a like a behavior therapy plan no no okay. no no no, okay. no no that makes sense no yeah. <laughs> i was worried <laughs> yeah no 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 it's it's just positive reinforcement yeah. okay. basically um so what happens is we will sit down with the child the parent and the um, therapist will rate the child's um, stuttering severity. So every day the parent has to rate their child's stuttering on a scale of zero to nine, zero being no stutters, nine being the absolute worst, worst. Okay. stutters. Not from your child, that just the absolute worst stutters from anybody. You've ever heard in yeah. your whole life. Okay. okay. Um, and then based on that, ideally the goal is your child to be down at a zero to one for you know a consistent amount of time um which shows that okay the therapy is working Mm -hmm. or you know the the positive reinforcement is working so what they're asked to do is throughout the day they kind of comment on their child's smooth talking when it pops up and then they spend 15 minutes a day doing an actual activity that's a little bit more structured i guess if they need that structure to have their talking be at a zero to one yeah okay Okay? so in that time of that 15 minute session the idea is that they should be pretty smooth the whole time yeah so as you're doing an activity you'll be like oh wow smooth talking really great again you can you can bring up the fact that they've been bumpy like Mm -hmm. you can say oh that was a bit bumpy can you fix it up but you don't have to okay if you want to go through and never bring that up that's fine okay you can just stick to kind of focusing on the smoothness of it um and that's kind of the 
I guess the gold star standard for treatment at this age and we do see a high percentage of kids that go through the actual program that do you know recover or mm-hmm. their speech improves and it lasts for a so, while so then what would happen then like if children who stutter don't seek help or don't get the help they need or it's left untreated um so in that case is it like i said some of them who don't seek help aren't treated there is a chance recover. they could recover okay. it's it's probably not highly likely. Okay. Um, and because we don't know who does that, if your child is stuttering, don't, you don't wait. Okay. You, you seek help. Seek help pretty soon after. I'm not saying if your child stutters for a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you, a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah so no. like, for instance, with Peppa, when she was stuttering, yeah. she only did it for like, you know, three or four days. Yeah, okay. And... I was obviously very aware of it, but if it had persisted for, you know, three to four weeks, I would have been maybe a bit more concerned and thought, okay, because what happens too is sometimes, you know, people, or we do think that around that age, that's when kids' vocabularies get Mm. bigger, they're learning all this language, they're taking it in around the two, two and a half to three. So, you know, it's a lot. Overnight. Mm. Every word you use, your child is practically, you know, they're copying it. They're going to use it again. And mm. their sentences are becoming bigger. So, you know, they, they can stutter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's that that um, time in between when it starts and how long you wait, I think is probably very important. Okay. So I would not be waiting for longer than a month Mm -hmm. because even if you do go and see a speech therapist, and this is what I like to tell people, it's just basically like insurance. That's what I say. Like worst case scenario, they say like, you're all good. Yeah. Like don't bother. It's basically insurance. You go... They at least tell you, look, if it comes up again, this is what you need to do. Yeah, for sure. It puts you on the right track. If you're an anxious mom, I'm an anxious mom, it can help you feel better and at least give you some tools to use and Mm. stuff like that. Um, And, you know, a stutter doesn't mean something terribly yeah. something's terribly wrong but it's just always a good idea to get it checked out i don't know if doctors are 100 percent aware that there isn't too much of a wait and see anymore mm, that's a good point actually because a lot of doctors aren't up to date with the more allied health type mm. changes in diagnostic criteria and procedures right yeah. exactly and i find you know doctors definitely like to implement the wait and see um the older generation also likes to implement the he's okay Mm. it'll stop or um just tell him to do this yeah look if you have a child who's stuttering and when you say stop wait for him to get it out and if if that's working for that child great then you know that's really good but i would still recommend that you go and see a speech therapist because we don't know how long that will last type of treatment will last okay and if we don't have and let's say okay that's working for you when you do it but then when the teacher does it and you know 
his older sister starts doing mm. it to him in front of his friends or yeah you know sure. what i mean it can just get really dicey and it's hard to be consistent across everyone so you're better off like just really you know working hard for a few months and like really knuckling down with a speech path to really sort it out yeah and and like i said you might come and you might realize you know the speech pathologist might be like look it's very mild go home and do this come back in a week Mm. you know you just don't know what's gonna happen i always say just go for sure and um it is definitely something that has a lot of positive outcomes when you do seek help for stuttering the outcomes can be positive because the lidcom program is um you know one of the programs that really definitely works to um limit it or lower the stuttering awesome well i might link some information about that like maybe like a website could you send me something that i can link it there in the episode notes um and i'm also going to link sabina's website yep sure at the end which is spillthebeanstherapy.com look she doesn't (laughs) she doesn't sound sure but i'll confirm with her pa which i think is me and i will link the appropriate website (laughs) mum life um yeah but If you have a child who's stuttering at home right now today, my number one thing is just like, if you were implementing the stop, if you were bringing any attention Mm. to it, just stop doing that. Okay. And um, if you're on the Gold Coast, are your books open or... They're they're closing soon. Okay, it's getting quick. They are. It's it's funny though with, with stuttering. Sorry, this is not a thing. But I can go for you know six months a year not have one Ah. child who stutters and now currently i have about four or five kids who are wow that's interesting it is very very interesting and what's thing too is sometimes you do meet kids that you think oh this could be like a word finding situation like you know they're very excited yeah talking you know that so they do present with it but then you have kids who really have those very genuine stuttering um, behaviors. And I've had quite a few of those kind of kids recently, mm. which, like I said, I hadn't had in probably about a year or so. So they, they kind of, yeah, come and go, ebb and flow. Well, I will link Sabina's website for you in case you do want to book in with her very quickly to work on this. You might as well now while she's already got a few up her sleeve. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting with us again. Sorry to pull you away from like what probably was your only break time That's this whole right. week. <laughs> I'm happy to spread as much information as is possible to the wider community. Beautiful. We just don't know. And if we don't know, then we can't do. If you don't know, now you know. <laughs> and we just In the words of Notorious <laughs> B.I.G. <laughs> just need to know all right well thanks so much sabina and i will chat to you guys next week see you later bye